Hey, welcome to the Zen Shark Podcast. This is your host, Matthew Jacobs of www.thezenshark.com. This podcast is going to be about desire. Ooh, you say desire, wonderful. Well, I don't think it's going to be one of my more popular podcasts. As a friend of mine likes to say, if you want to be popular, never tell the truth and always sell ice cream at reasonable prices. I'm diabetic. I don't have ice cream. So the only thought I have about it is uh, I will not let anybody walk through my mind with their dirty feet. And you should look that quote up. It's a good one. So I'm play a little wordplay here and say about desire. What's the difference between ordeal and adventure? Well, an event that happens to you can be both or they could be neither. Words tend to be fun that way. In truth, the answer to that question can only be answered by the attitude with which you approach things. Now, I'm not going to take the easy way out this week and say it's all in the attitude and give you some idiotic platitude about that being the truth. So that's my newsflash for you to start this week. If you're unhappy or miserable or you think you're in an ordeal or anything similar, it isn't anyone else's fault. Say it all together, folks. It's yours. Just like my misery is mine, my unhappiness is mine. Those are yours. Unhappiness and misery are just great big knots we tie into ourselves. Sure, we like to blame. We like to point a finger and say this person or that reason is the reason we have these knots. But those are just fun little lies we like to tell ourselves to continue playing the victim game and avoid taking responsibility for our own feelings. Sure, people and circumstances can cause all sorts of interesting things to happen to us. But our reaction to these things are purely our own. You've heard this before. But this is how the truth invades your life. So let's just pour it out. A man or a woman can cheat on you. Your child can lie and steal and hurt you and do bad things. An employer can screw you over and fire you and take what you think is yours. Any of a billion things that could happen out of what you think is your control. None of that matters to your happiness and misery. Only your response to those situations do, does. I'm not going to stop there. Our choice to how we respond or if we choose to be happy is scratching the surface of the truth. And to find the truth of the truth, we need to gaze deeply into ourselves. On a base level, it's all about desire. That pesky little desire, that little voice that tells you all sorts of lies to keep you in your cycle and to do its bidding. Are you having a hard time wrapping your mind around what I've said so far? That is your desire trying to fool you. Desire tells you that the things that use the word should, like so you end up shooting all over yourself. It tells you these great lies, too many to list. It loves to tell you what you deserve. That's a biggie. You want proof? Who told you that you deserve a long and healthy life? Who told you that you deserve a spouse and children? Who told you that you wouldn't live a life in poverty? Who said you wouldn't get cancer? Or who said that you could beat it? I'm sure a preacher told your grandparents and possibly told your parents that if you do these things a certain way, then you could possibly go to a wonderful place called heaven if you die. If you chase that down far enough, you can find that desire started like that as well. Did that offend you? If it did, it's because you have a desire to have things a certain way and I went against it. Unless someone is saying this to you in a different language, 
I can safely assume that you're understanding my words. And if you're understanding my words, I'm safe in guessing that before you have seen a magazine. They are full of advertisements. Same as TV, and I'm sure you've seen TV. Those advertisements are what? They're ways to inject desires into you. Even as I'm speaking this, I'm picturing someone out there hearing it, and their biggest desire will end up being not to have a desire of anything. That was a desire of mine. But that's the desire right there. To think someone that's even listening to this is a desire that's driving me to say all this. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm rabbit-holding there. I'm not requesting that you give up all desires. That's crazy. It's a fool's errand. If I stirred you up a bit and annoyed you, I also I apologize. That was not my point. I was just trying to create an atmosphere from what you could understand. What I am imploring is for you not to attach to those desires. That's where the actual trouble comes from. If you attach to these desires, you will never be out of misery or unhappiness. And you need to understand no one promised you anything in this universe. And oddly enough, if they had, you'd be bored. Picture if you knew from birth exactly how your life was going to go and there was no way of changing it. By the time you were 25 or so, you'd have to commit suicide just to get out of the boredom of that trap. The fact that we don't know anything about our future is what keeps us in the game. It's what keeps it interesting. It's what gives us hope. So having desires is what keeps all this going round and round. Once again, it's attaching to them that's the problem. Lots of desires flash across our mind and shock us, and we are ashamed of them. We all have those. We all have some pretty incredible messed up thoughts cross our mind now and then. I'm sure you know that. Like, you can have the desire to go over and punch your neighbor's kid in the throat for playing his music so loud you can't even do podcasts. I'm just hypothetically speaking here. Uh, it's a course, and it's an outlandish example here to prove the point. All desire require the same process, though. If you're desiring to be married so badly that you attach to it and act on it and just take the first person that comes along, you're going to end up being miserable and happy. It applies to everything. You know, If you're a 35-year-old man and that hot waitress hits on you and you're so filled with desire that you attach to it and act on it, you end up with a broken family, 18 years of child support, and STD, and you will probably be miserably unhappy and alone. I'm hoping that you can understand this cause and effect relationship. I put a very fine point on it. Being free from desire, if applied correctly, will stop all suffering for you. Um, it goes back to the four noble truths that suffering exists, Suffering arises from attachments to desires. Suffering ceases when attachment ceases. And freedom is from suffering is possible by following a certain path. And I'm not going to get into that path right now. The only way you could really mess this up is if your main desire is to stop all suffering for yourself. That's kind of a catch-22. Figure this one out and you'll never li need to listen to another podcast or read another book or listen to another preacher again. Not that you really do now. I just, you know, hopefully you're curious enough to continue down this path and find out how these things all relate to untying all of your knots. You truly do know everything you need to know already. Just in case you haven't fully discovered what that means and how to apply it yet, 
I'm going to simply do what I do and give a helpful, helpful for suggestion for untying this knot. Be free from desire. Now, in my own mind, the process kind of went that there used to be this thought that taunted my mind for many years, and it was a desire. Many years ago, I once knew a man whose husband was blind. He had lost his sight in the early 20s, in his early 20s and often remarked about how people that were blind from birth were so lucky because they didn't know what they were missing. There are so many things that could be judged in that statement if you desire to do so, but I've only ever had one thought towards it. The blind are missing their organs that detect sights and colors. What if we're all missing some part of reality because we don't have whatever organ we would need to detect it? I stated that this thought used to taunt me because it doesn't anymore. I realize through getting rid of desire that we have all had the organs and ability to detect all of reality regardless of whatever state we found ourselves in. This skill was just taught out of us. So perhaps getting back to whom you were before the world taught you who you should be is the main purpose of this life, if not a desire. That realization untied a huge knot for me, and for better or worse, it's led a lot to a lot of my podcasts and blogs. Untying knots that keep us from reality, from peace and from contentment, that's important stuff. Most people spend their entire lives yearning for answers to questions that either do not need to be asked, or that they had the answers in their hearts all along. These issues and desires create tremendous personal issues that I tend to call knots. And these knots torture everyone on some level. We all know that every time the world turns, it takes a part of our life with it. So I say to you, free from desire, as far as I can be, and as well as I can be, that... Yeah, life is short, but it isn't so short that you should freak out and be stupid. Knots can be un un untied. We, we are living in a time where depression and anxiety have become more mainstream than, than ever before. I mean, it's, it's almost popular now. They're running rampant. Doctors are scrambling for cures for feelings they don't understand and can't understand. And everyone else is searching for reasons why these conditions are getting to epidemic levels. Perhaps it is the number of screens we're faced with every day, and maybe it's our diet. But I may be a simple man, but it seems to me modern man has a lot less life-or-death situations to face than our ancestors. I can't even tell you the last time a lion chased me across a grassy pasture, so I wager that you can't either. So... Why do people have these anxieties that kick in every time we get around a group of people or, you know, anytime something happens? In a backwards way, this is all about desire. Getting rid of those pesky desires that send us into depressions and panic attacks and most, if not all of, are not grounded in reality. So my first advice to you this episode is to, to pet your dog, to scratch your cat's ears, to drink your tea, to, to read a book. And don't take anything, including yourself, seriously. Uh, I want to say stop thinking so much and laugh a little bit. It's alright not to have all the answers, and they will come to you when you least expect it. 
And if they don't come to you, then you probably don't need them, just like you don't need the desires. As I get further into this, things seem to be easier and more difficult to understand. But I'm thinking they'll seem at least a little bit different for all of us. Nothing will change but you, I promise. Hopefully the words that I say can help you be a better whatever you already are and that I'm helping with that process. But that's a desire of mine. So that's how I'm going to leave you to ponder with this week. Or for this podcast, anyway. And I really thank you for listening. This has been the Zen Shark Podcast. I am Matthew Jacobs, your host of www.thezenshark.com. 